Note to listeners, this is one of my apocalypse stories, so if you don't want to listen to it, just delete the episode. All right? After the apocalypse, Bill the dog. Bill the dog had watched the old man cooking over a low fire at the edge of a swamp. It wasn't a fire that humans would see or smell, but a dog's nose and scents were different. Bill had picked up the scent of cooking game and followed it. It was an overcast fall day. It was slightly cooler, and most of the leaves had been blown from the trees with the approach of winter. Bill lay concealed in the underbrush, silent and watching. The old man's scent wasn't the only thing on the breeze. There was, as always, the background of smoke and death that permeated the apocalypse. But there was something else Bill smelled and sensed. There was also the smell of dogs. The old man squatted next to a small fire, cooking a rabbit he had snared. He kept the fire low to keep from attracting any unwanted attention from other survivors. He had spent enough time in the great outdoors to know how to build and manage a discreet cooking fire. He had spent enough time in the apocalypse to know the value of discretion. The place he had chosen was a low spot off the road and sheltered. The ground where he built his fire was protected on one side by a large swamp. No one was going to come from that direction easily. At least that's what he thought. With his back against the swamp, he couldn't be surprised or flanked. The old man mused, Most modern humans tended to avoid swamps, but that hadn't always been the case. Marshes and swamps could be powerful redoubts for one practicing the refugee lifestyle. He thought of the marsh Arabs living an isolated and protected life in the swamps of Mesopotamia for hundreds of years until eventually Saddam Hussein and the Iraqi government had driven them out. Even then, he was forced to drain the marshes to get them to resettle. Or maybe, more famously, Alfred the Great, leading a successful campaign to retake Wessex and then all of England from the marsh island of Athelney. The Norse had him on the ropes, but couldn't finish him. They drove him into the swamp and left him for dead. And from that island in the swamp, Alfred had rallied the Anglo-Saxons of Somerset and Wessex, to heroically drive the great heathen army out of England. Or so the tale went. All that from a swamp. Maybe over a thousand years ago, Alfred squatted over a low fire cooking game, the old man thought, and he looked around, making sure there was no one else about. There might not be marauding Vikings, but there were plenty of marauders in the apocalypse that would kill him for his food. The old man flipped the cooking meat with his long knife, and it sizzled a bit against the rock. Almost ready. Then a noise made him start. The crunching of leaves or the breaking of sticks underfoot. He was not alone. He scanned the tree line for the source of the disturbance and saw a dog crouching in the shadow of an oak tree. Hey, boy, the old man called out. What you doing? There were a lot of dogs in the apocalypse, their masters having been felled by the disease. They now roam this dead world, also looking to survive. The dog was a nondescript brownish mutt of some sort, big jaws, probably some pit bull in it. 
It stared at the old man and his fire, but it did not move from its crouch. The old man probably wouldn't have noticed a second dog if it wasn't for his defensive positioning hard up against the edge of the swamp. It was slowly moving in on him from the side. He started and tensed in his crouch, grabbing a good-sized stick that lay nearby, and he turned to face his new visitor. This one was bigger. With a matted, mottled fur from too much time outside in the weather, it growled low and angry. Its face and head were scarred with scabby gashes, tooth or claw marks from some recent fight. The old man had experienced packs of dogs before in his travels. One dog wasn't typically a problem, two dogs were a pack. And packs had a different psychology. Packs hunted. He'd seen this, or versions of it in his life. The canids would look to surround him and attack. Once one could grab a hold of his arm or a leg, then they would all pile on. The unlucky victims of dog packs were torn to pieces bit by bit until they bled out or died from shock. Two more dogs appeared from the edge of the brush and moved menacingly around him, trying to find the blind spot to attack. The old man picked up a handful of gravel and flung it at the leader, shouting and brandishing his stick threateningly. The lead dog sidestepped the volley and lunged, growling. The old man swung his stick at it. Another made a lunge from behind. The old man spun and parried it with the point of the stick. He began to back down the bank into the swamp. Keep them in front of him. Let them have the rabbit. Maybe they'd go away. But the pack pursued him, step by step, heads low, bodies tense to spring at any opening. The animal madness of the pack. They were above him, on the bank now, spread out to get the best angles. He backed slowly into the marsh, warm, muddy water bathing his feet as he felt around for solid ground to stand on. They kept coming. The pack was patient. They would pursue until he made a mistake. He continued, backing carefully into the swamp, water and mud up to his knees, feeling the bottom with his feet. The pack hesitated at the water's edge but then bounded in as one with splashing leaps. But the change in territory seemed to take some of the enthusiasm out of their pursuit. They picked their way through the mud carefully with eyes on the old man. The old man looked around quickly. He couldn't indefinitely wade into the swamp. He needed to find a defensive position. The old man continued to back across the muddy water, angling towards a sort of hummock or small hump island. If he could get to that and put his back against that tree, he might be able to hold them off. Backing up onto the hummock, he slipped, and the lead dog lunged again. He managed to regain enough footing to brandish the stick and make it back off. The old man scooched with his elbows up on the hummock and used the small tree there to lever himself back into a standing crouch. The dogs surrounded him and circled. There was a flash and a splash to his right, and he felt pain in his leg as the dog bit, and he screamed, Motherfucker! and brought the stick down violently in the dog's head and shoulders, hard enough for the stick to break. The dog yelped and loosened its hold. He was in full-on panic mode now. The adrenaline was coursing through his body, and his heart was pounding. He may have growled himself. They were on him close now, snapping at anything within reach. He swung the half-stick like a club, wildly, back and forth, shouting and kicking. Get the fuck off me, he screamed. No, bastards. 
And as he desperately cast about to survive, his inner narrative was considering that this might be the end. Torn to pieces by a pack of feral dogs in a swamp. Good an end as any, he thought. These dogs were about to add him to the great pile of bones that was humanity's legacy. Dogs, bones, there was some sort of joke in there. By this time he was tiring, and they knew it. Breathing hard, heart racing, desperate. There were four of them. He couldn't keep it up. And just as he was threatening with one more weak swing of his makeshift club, the dogs froze. That weird, still picture, momentary cessation that dogs have when something else enters their doggy radar. And the old man watches a large curly-haired dog bounded down the bank, out into the swamp. This was a big dog head and shoulders above the pack. He saw her coming and thought, oh, fuck, here come the reserves to clean up. But the curly one didn't go for the old man. Instead, he exploded into the pack like a bowling ball into set pins, like a whirling dervish, a blur of fur and teeth. The big curly newcomer pinned one of the smaller brown dogs with a leaping splash and tore into its face. The brown dog squealed away, breaking free with a bloody ear hanging loose. Curly Dog turned to face the others, with blood dripping from its bared teeth, ears pinned back, shoulder muscles twitching with anticipation, and began to advance. The larger pack dog considered the option to fight, but apparently didn't like the math. It slunk away with its allies towards dry land, backing out of the swamp the way they came, heads low and growling the whole way. The big, curly-haired dog stood tall, with its back towards the old man, and watched the pack leave. He took one or two menacing steps and then barked when they appeared to slow their retreat. They got the message and kept going. The big, curly-haired dog sat with a plop in the shallows and dropped its shaggy head to take a drink of muddy water. He stood again and shook the water from his coat. He turned to look at the old man with a cocked head and a bit of aw shucks grin. He kicked a few handfuls of muddy water with his back paws and his stain at the retreating tufts. The old man was a bit in shock and didn't know how to take this new visitor, this apparition. What just happened? The old man tentatively held out his shaking hand and said something dumb. Good boy? Tentatively. It was all he could muster as the adrenaline drained from his brain. The big, curly-haired dog cocked his head again and sniffed the offered hand. He wagged his peacock tail and advanced happily to lay his big head against the old man's thigh. The old man cradled the big head in his shaking hands. Good boy? With more conviction now. Thanks for that. I I appreciate the help. The big curly head nuzzled closer. The old man lifted the big head in his hands while scratching behind the ears. We gotta get you some flea and tick meds, big guy. Maybe a hairbrush? Looking suspiciously at the curly mane, the old man reconsidered, well, maybe not a hairbrush, but let's get out of this mud and see if we can save that rabbit. 